Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known, by forever daddy, oh how we love you so, I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. All the kids are safely tucked away. Let's get busy. Anybody excited about the word this morning? All right. Come on. I could, I could look past the hundred board faces as long as I got three or four of you excited. Believing, believing that God is going to say something. Believing that, that God has a message for somebody. Believing that there's breakthrough. Believing that there's victory. Believing that there's something more than where we're at right now. Amen. Winston Churchill says, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that. You can go home now. Here's the quote. Here's the quote for this, this morning. I like to start with a quote. The successful man is the average man focused. That's good. Write it down. The successful man is the average man focused. Amen? Well, if you're just joining us, we've been going through the book of Genesis. And as we saw in the last couple of weeks, you can catch everything online if you missed it. As we saw in the, in the past, as we've been reading, we saw with Enoch last week and, and the week before we saw with Noah, that when you walk with God, God will either take you out of it or get you through it. Amen? God will get you out of it or get you through it. Now, a lot of the time, man, many of us can say amen. We have not been taken out of it. Just me and Laurie? We had to go through this thing, right? A lot of times, man, we had to go through. And, and the, the, you know, what happens too often is in the midst of the struggle, we don't realize where that wisdom comes from. In the, in the midst of the challenge, we don't realize where that extra strength came from. In the midst of, of hard times, we don't realize sometimes where the strategy, the direction, the encouragement, the determination came from. No? How many of you ever look back and wonder, how did I get through that? Right? Come on, that's my life. I look back and I look at a calendar and I say, how did I get through this month? When this and this and this happened, how did I get through that? There's some years that I kind of erased from my mind because I, I, I just, I'm thankful that we're not there. Anybody? I'm just thankful that we got through that year. I don't know how I got through, but I got through. See, that's, you know, sometimes we, we get to thinking, man, it's just because we're so cute. Or it's just because we're so lucky. Or it's just because, you know, we caught a couple of good breaks. Maybe the sun is in Capricorn and some nonsense like that, right? I'm having a good year because I'm a Scorpio, right? But, but, then, but then, you know, we, we, we get, to, we get to, the, to, to something and we realize we ain't cute enough, 
right? And we realize we ain't lucky enough. And that's when we start complaining. Say, oh, all the bad things happen to me. Why everything goes wrong? Why, why I got to go through this? Why I got to go through that? But, you know, like a month before, you thought you was too cute for, for anything else, right? But listen, church, when you walk with God, as we're starting to see, he'll get you out of it or he'll get you through it. And either way, when you come out on the other side of that, you are more prepared. Anybody? Anybody? You are better equipped when you come out on the other side of that. You are stronger. You got muscles you didn't know you could, you could build. Amen? You got spiritual flex, man, that you didn't know you had. When you come out on the other side of that thing. Well, let's continue in our series. I want to take a peek into the life of Noah in a message titled, after a famous song some of you might know, Gotta Live Like We're Dying. Where are the American Idol heads at? Or, or y'all are too saved to, to you pretending, right? Stop faking it. You know that was Chris Allen. You know that was last year's American Idol. And you know the song. The song goes like this. Yeah, we got to start looking at the hands of the time we've been given. If this is all we got, then we got to start thinking. If every second counts on a clock that's ticking, got to live like we're dying. We only got 86, 400 seconds in a day to turn it all around or to throw it all away. Got to tell them that we love them when we got a chance to say gotta live like we're dying wait there's more you never see a good thing till it's gone you never see a crash till it's head on why do we think we're right when we're dead wrong gotta live like we're dying church there's a message tucked in that song that's speaking to our generation there's, there's, there's a verse tucked right in the middle, and it goes like this. I'm going to say it slow. If your plane fell out of the sky, who would you call with your last goodbye? Listen. Should be so careful who we leave out of our lives, because when we long for absolution, there'll be no one on the line. Oh, man. There's a message in that song that speaks to the heart of our culture. Now listen, you super religious folks that think, you know, God can only speak through Hillsong and Hosanna. It's not our place to tell God who to speak through and how to speak. It's our job to find out where God is speaking, where God is moving, and be all about it. Amen? Because listen, if God could speak through a donkey, he could speak through an American Idol. And you know I didn't want to say donkey. But there's twos and threes in the room. This song has been on the top charts for a while. And listen, there's two, imp I promise I'll get to scripture in a second. There's two important things in our culture that it's saying. The first, thing, the first thing that it's saying is that time goes so fast. Amen? How many of you still think you're 20-something? Right? Whenever they ask you, how old are you? None of your business. None of your business. How old do I look? <laughs> 
See, time goes so fast. And, and the song makes it clear, man. It comes down to the second. It said we have 86, 400 seconds in a day to turn it all around or to throw it all away. I love that, man. There's a verse that lines up with that. Lamentations 3.22 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I don't know about you, but I use that scripture to God a lot. There's a lot of times when I wake up and I say, God, your word says your mercies are new every morning. I know I might not have been so nice yesterday. I know maybe some of the things I did weren't, weren't so right yesterday. But God, your word says your mercies are new every morning. Somebody say amen. amen. The second message, it, it sends, it's so powerful. It says, be careful who we leave out of our lives. You just need to pause there for a minute. It says, because when we long for absolution, absolution is a fancy word for forgiveness. The actual definition is to release from all guilt or punishment. Listen, church, there is only one who can release from all guilt and from all punishment, and that's because he became all guilt and all punishment on the cross. So be careful who we leave out of our lives, because when we long for that time, forgiveness there'll be no one on the line there'll be no one to talk to the word of God says in 2nd Peter 3 9 the Lord is slow to fulfill his promise the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but he is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Listen to the way the message says it. He is restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Somebody, man, somebody should be happy about that. How many of us needed time to change? Wow, if I had a third hand, I'd throw it up. See, we've been reading in Genesis how the sin of man grieves the heart of God. And at this point in the days of Noah, it says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination and every thought of his heart was only evil continually. And he repented, it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. But true to God's word and God's character, God doesn't act on his anger. Amen? Any of us got issues with anger? True to the character of God, which is in you and me, we were created in his image. So that's something we need to work on. Amen? The word says, be angry and sin not. So that means we can still be angry. Anybody been angry? But, but see, true to God's character, he doesn't act on his anger. Instead, it says, it says the whole world stunk to him, basically. Everything that everybody was doing stunk to him. It became a stench in his nostril that he wasn't willing to take anymore. But true to his word, instead of just, just going... He, he, he numbers the years that they would have. He said, you'll have 120 years to get your act together. 
Somebody thank God for his patience. And so we read, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And, and we've been talking about this. And God told Noah to go and prepare an ark that he and his family would be saved. And the word says, Noah then went and prepared an ark. Church, real faith is always doing something. Real faith does something. Real faith is not something on Facebook. Real faith is not the status of the day. Real faith is always doing something. Why? Because real faith hears from God and real faith is instructed and directed by God and God is always speaking to those with real faith, always leading and, and, and directing and instructing and so we should always be moving. Amen? Alright, two of you believe it. That's alright. Check this out. Hebrews eleven seven. it says, By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. Somebody say crazy. And he, he was warned about something he couldn't see. He acted on what he was told. The result, his family was saved. And two, his act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. Church, sometimes we have to draw the line between what is acceptable and what is detestable. I know people don't want to hear that up in church. You want to just come and let, oh, God loves you, be encouraged, go bless everybody, kiss everybody with a holy kiss. But, and nobody wants to hear, listen, what you're doing is wrong. Listen, stop asking for prayers. Stop doing what you're doing and you won't need prayer. Just, just stop. That's wrong. God's not going to bless it. Stop asking us to bless it. He's not going to bless it. Just, just listen. You understand enough. You don't need to come to me for prayer. You understand enough that what God is telling you and what you're doing is wrong. If it doesn't line up, just line it up. Amen? Make it line up. Sometimes we have to draw the line between what is acceptable and what is detestable. The, the world as it was then, and I believe even more so today, we've been blurring the lines and even erasing the lines between what's right and what's wrong. You see it in our, in our presidential campaign. We're erasing lines between what's right and what's wrong. And we live in a society where right and wrong are relative. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. It means... It's up to you what's right, and it's up to you what's wrong. And, and papi, what's wrong for you may not be right for me. What's right for me may be right for you. It's not right for me. If it's wrong for you, don't mean it's wrong for me. It could be right for me. It could be wrong for you. Right? It's relative. It's like, but, but, but listen, and we act like it doesn't matter, right? But, but it does. Just like when you get pulled over for doing 85 and a 50, you can't tell the judge, 85 might be wrong for you, but it's not wrong for me. Right? That might be wrong for you to do 85, but in my car and the way I drive, that's not wrong for me. No, it, it's, there's right and there's wrong, amen? So, so when Noah was told what to do, I'm, I'm sure it didn't make sense. Church, I'm not, I'm not this super Christian that I don't see the struggle. I live in the struggle. I am the struggle. You think it's easy to, to, to be the pastor of a church? I am the and still live in the flesh. I wish I could float around and not touch the earth. I wish I could be as holy as some people think, think we are. But, but 
when, so, so what God told Noah, it didn't make sense. I'm sure he was ridiculed. I'm sure he was mocked. I'm sure they probably sung songs about Noah at the local bars. They, um, they had to. There's a crazy man building a boat and it's never rained before. And he's saying that God told him to build the boat because he's going to flood the earth. This man is crazy. How do I know? I just know they had to have make fun of him because they make fun of us today. Right? Put anything Christian on YouTube and watch how the haters come out. And, and, and then when people say, oh, I love that. That blessed my heart. You hear everybody picking fights with Christian. Oh, why don't you get a life, man? Stop believing the fairy tale. Get a, like, like you got a life. You're fighting on, on YouTube. I, I want to be like you. You're picking fights on YouTube. Right. I need a life. But in the days of Noah, every blow of his axe, every hammer from every sound from his hammer was a call to repentance. Every sound of construction was a call for people to prepare their arcs too. But since by, by, by it he couldn't convince the world, then he condemned the world by it. See, we shouldn't think of Noah was this man who preached sermons of condemnation to the world. I, I had a picture too of sometimes of just Noah walking back and forth in front of his construction site with the big sign, repent, the end is near. Repent, the end is near. And so everybody mocking him. I don't see him like that anymore. The more I read the scripture, I see this man is just working and doing what God told him to do. And ridiculed, mocked, made fun of, whatever. Friends probably turned on him. Bad idea. Amen. I bet they regret that one. Man, that dude was my cousin. I should have just hung with him, man. But, but see, I see Noah preaching with his actions and the mere, such church, the mere conduct of the godly without any preaching at all can feel like condemnation to the world. Anybody? Anybody experience that? You never even tell nobody nothing and they get all upset at you? Why are you mad at me? I ain't even preaching. I'm not quoting scripture. I'm not getting on your case. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm not telling you. But, but just the way I live bothers you. Sometimes our own convictions bring condemnation to the world. It's rough, but that's what the word says. Amen. And we're told in Mark 16, 16, that to provide a savior and the means of salvation, that's God's part. But to accept the Savior, laying hold of what He laid hold of for us, that's our part. Somebody say amen. And so those who refuse the way and the means of salvation will perish. But those who accept the great covenant sacrifice can't perish. There's everlasting life. Listen, it took years to build this thing. Some people say 100, some people say the full 120. It took him to build this thing. God told him exactly how big, how wide, how many rooms, what kind of wood, and, and you know, how, how, and listen, the ark, it, you know, we see pictures and we think it was this big cruise ship. And like, how Noah built this cruise ship? The ark didn't, wasn't built for sailing. All it had to do was float. That's all it had to do. So it wasn't built to go anywhere. It just had to be built to withstand. And God said, pitch it on the outside and pitch it on the inside. He, he told him exactly what would, how to waterproof the whole nine. And listen to me. I know a lot of people get real skeptical about this story in the ark. 
I've heard a lot of arguments. People say, I believe all this, but when it, come on, Noah's Ark. Because they, they've seen it as a fairy tale for so long, like the Ark with the animals, and they have a hard time believing that it can work or that it took place. And some Christians will tell me, man, that's just a fairy tale, you know, a story that we can learn from. You ever heard that? Let's take a moment to look at this story as a fairy tale. Gather round, children. One day, this good and glorious God that created all of us was so sick of man and so sick of his sin that he said, I'm going to make it rain and it's going to rain for 40 days and for 40 nights. Are you listening, children? Getting close. And then, and then the day's going to come where I'm going to pick the only guy that still loves me, the only guy that listens to me. I'm going to put him in a boat and I'm going to drown everybody in the world. What a great fairy tale. Every, it's the Titanic. Everyone dies. What, what a fairy tale for children. No, gather around. Can you imagine mommy and daddy trying to keep their little kids from drowning? It's a horrible fairy tale. Amen? It's a, it's a horrendous fairy tale. I'm sure if God wanted to write a fairy tale, he could write a better one than that. I'm sure if man wanted to write a fairy tale, he could write a much better one than that. You know, one where women, children, and, and kids are not drowning to death. It's a horrible story. It's a story about separation. It's a story about judgment. It's a story about a people that say, God, I don't need you. God, I don't want you. God, I don't have to live the way you told me to live. I came from a monkey. I came from a fish. I believe we evolved. I don't, I don't have to live your way. I do it my way. So God said, fine, swim then. That's not God. That's me. I'm sorry. God's not vicious like that. That's me. Allow me some, you know, I'm flesh. That's me. Say, so swim, puppy. <laughs> Look at you now. Listen, geography, geology, all the geographies and ologies tell us that there was a flood. We don't even have to believe that on faith. Science tells us there was a flood. They've discovered fossils in positions that could only have occurred if there was this great deluge that wiped out the earth. So, so we don't even have to believe that part by faith. Science and history indicate that there was a flood and that countless were lost. Whew. But if you want to look at it as a story, then let's, then let's learn from it as a story. Let's look at it that way. But understand clearly, I believe it. Amen? I believe it. And understand, I believe that when God gives instructions and we follow them, not, not adding or taking away, we can build whatever He's called us to build. I believe that when God gives us direction and instruction and we follow them, we can do whatever He's called us to do. I believe we can be whatever He's called us to be. I believe when God gives directions and we follow, not only us, but our household will be saved. Acts 16.31 
I believe God's promises in Christ are yes and amen, 2 Corinthians 1.20. I believe if God said it and I read it, I need to walk it and talk it and live it and breathe it and believe it fully. Amen? I believe that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans 10.13. I believe that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. Proverbs 18.10 I believe there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved Acts 4.12 I believe that because all of those reasons the ark is a picture of the church you want symbolism and you want story fine the, the church is a spiritual ark it represents a place of safety it represents the place of security. It represents the place of protection. And those that enter the ark, in this case, not physically, but spiritually, because it's a spiritual ark, because you can be physically in the ark and still get lost. I just told you, you could be in church and still be lost. Amen? Just want to make sure you heard that. Genesis 7 starts with God saying to Noah, time's up. Get inside the ark. Can you imagine after all that time, after all that building, after all that laboring, after, can you imagine he had to be discouraged sometimes? I, man, can you imagine he had to want to give up sometimes? He had to want to just say, God, come on, man, is this all real? He, you imagine sometimes they, he had to struggle with this. But in Genesis 7, God starts by telling Noah, time's up. Get inside the ark. And Noah started loading the ark. And he started getting the animals in and getting his family in. And in verse 4, God tells him, seven more days. In seven more days, it's going to rain for 40 days and for 40 nights. And at this point, you know, if it got this far, at this point, Noah wasn't hesitating. Day one, we would have all been in that joint, right? I don't know about you, but I would have been in there. Day one, I'm in there waiting. The door's closed. He said, in seven days, it's going to rain. See, Noah wasn't hesitating. He said, I got to live like we're dying. We got to live like we're dying because he knew the end was coming. He knew that God wasn't going to contend with men any longer and that after a short while, it was going to be over for anyone who refused to listen. Church, we need to start living like we're dying. The, the word teaches us to number our days. The arrogant says, I got all the time in the world. The world lives like, man, we're going to live forever. We, can, we walk around like because we're 18 or we're 20 or we're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. <coughs> we act like we got all the time in the world. We think because of Botox and silicone, we could look 10 years younger and that we actually turn back the, the clock. But you didn't. Botox and silicone will melt also. <laughs> and it don't matter what you look like when you die, you still die. Amen. So, so, you know, it, we, we have to number our days. We got to start living like we're dying, church, because listen to me, the ark is being built. This is heavy. This ain't funny no more. The ark is being built. And while the world continues to mock those of us that are building on it, those of us that are sending out invitations to come and visit the ark, 
Those of us that are telling people, man, come find rest in the ark. Come find shelter in the ark. Those of us that are, that are Facebook statuses saying, hey, come, come visit us at the sanctuary. Come to the ark. Come find safety in the ark. Those of us that are calling men, bring your families to the ark, man. Get your families into some covering. Bring your families into, into shelter. Those of us that understand we got to live like we're dying. Because everything else that the word says has already happened. Listen, let's get real for a moment. Everything else that the word says has already happened. And what it says will happen, we see in Luke 17, it says, Just as it was in the days of Noah, will it be in the days of the Son of Man? Listen, they were eating and drinking. Worship team, you could come. They were eating, drinking, marrying. They were being given in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Listen, church. 28. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot... They were eating and drinking. They were buying and selling. They were planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30. So will it be on the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will keep it. Church, we got to start living like we're dying. Not being scared, not being sad or depressed, but living life to the fullest, man. Being the light and salt of this earth. Showing God that, showing people, showing the world that in God there's, there's joy. In God, there's peace. In God, there's security. There's prosperity. In God, even in suffering, there's peace. In God, even in struggles, there's safety. Church, we got to start building this ark. We got to start making the ark more beautiful with every passing day. Living life like it was an invitation. We only got 86, 400 seconds in the day to turn it all around or to throw it all away. Got to tell them that we love them while we have a chance to say. Got to live like we're dying. One day the door of the ark is going to be shut behind all those who accepted the invitation to come on board. Now listen man, you know I'm not a gloom and doom preacher and I don't, that's not me, but I got to tell the beautiful truth that's in me to tell. The beautiful truth of the gospel is that there's room for you in the ark. The beautiful truth of the gospel is that God gave directions to build this ark with a special room with your name on it. 
The beautiful part of this story is that God says there's room for you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you've been through, where you come from. There's room for you. But like that song says, we need to be careful who we leave out of our life. Because when we long for absolution, we need God in our lives. Amen? Listen, I'm so happy to look across this place and see some of your faces. I know some of the things that you've come through. I know some of the things you've struggled with. And then there's another half of you that I don't know. I don't know where you've been through. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what you did right before you walked into this building. But the truth and the, the, the awesome part of the gospel is that it doesn't matter. The door of the ark is still open. The time is coming, but it has not yet come. And so we have all of these seconds in a day to to turn our lives around or to throw it all away. It's time for us to get on. It's time for us to get in. It's time to save you and your household. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? Matter of fact, Gary, Pastor Gary, would you come? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's get him a mic. of the Lord but how many of you thank God for the ark of safety I just want to read from Psalm 91 verse 5 see if you're in this ark if you're a child of God it says you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness nor the plague that destroys at midday. At 10,000 may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. See, if you've got Jesus in your heart and you say, I'm living for him, 
things that are coming on the earth, the earthquakes, the floods, the wars, the kingdom of Antichrist, it's not going to touch you. But I want to give you that choice right here and right now. Because the Bible says we don't know when that day is coming. It could be 20 years from now. It could be today. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. This is the day of salvation. You see, and I don't want to take anything for granted. If you've never made that choice to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Be my Savior. Be my ark of safety. Be my provision. Be my all in all. If you've never made that decision and you want to say, right now, I'm ready. I'm coming into that ark. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand to God if you've never done that before. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose today to make you my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. I believe that you died on the third day and that you died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I repent of my sins. I turn from every sinful thing and I turn to you. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just celebrate right now. God has just brought, brought people into the ark. The Bible says that when even one comes, that they, the angels in heaven rejoice. Those of you who just prayed that prayer and made that commit, commitment, the Holy Spirit of God has come to live in you. You don't have to be afraid anymore because God is with you. He's for you. And I want to speak now to everyone else because God is looking for Noah's in these last days. God is looking for preachers of righteousness who refuse to compromise those who will speak a pure message. And I'm not talking about pastors. I'm talking about every one of you. God has anointed you to go back to your jobs, go back to your school, go back to your family, and tell them about the goodness of God that there's an ark of safety, that there's a place to come as the days grow evil. There's a place of provision, a place of protection. And God just gave me a picture that for those of you who are saying, I'm going to be that Noah, I'm 
going to be the one who's going to stand. I'm not going to give in to the ways of this world anymore. But I'm going to be a true example of the heart and the character of Jesus. The Lord showed me that we need to anoint you with oil and to mark you for these last days. So I'm going to ask for those, the elders and the pastors, to come forward quickly. Those on the prayer team. And we're going to mark you. If you're saying, I'm not Noah, I'm not one. We're going to pray for you right now. And if there's only one of you, you could change this, this, this whole neighborhood. You could change and transform this city. So we're going to come now and we're going to anoint you. the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. us.